Good morning and welcome to Kingdom Leadership Equipping and the KLE podcast. This is Sean Smith, your host, and we are, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) we are uh, Sunday morning and it's a beautiful spring Sunday morning here in Pennsylvania and uh, we are going to be talking about do you have a right before God this morning and uh, it's important that we understand that the scriptures is, you know, the word of God is God speaking to us. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. God sent us his word um, as his son. He sent us his son to, to establish relationship, but he sent us his word to bring that intimacy and that fellowship straight between him and us, no more middlemen, no more uh, priests to be between us and God. Jesus is now the mediator established forever as the only mediator between God and man, our savior, our captain, our intercessor, our advocate, our high priest. Glory to God is our guarantee our surety of a new covenant. So God sends, the Father sends Jesus as the Word. He comes as the living Word. The written Word is the living Word expressed for us today. Every time we spend time in the Word, we're experiencing fellowship with our Father, fellowship with the living Word. In 1 John chapter Four. Let me just go there quickly. I want to read this to you because I thought this was really great. Um, one John chapter four, uh, chapter chapter one, one to four, and it says, "What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have, what we beheld, and what our hands handled concerning the word of life." And the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father. You see, Jesus revealed the eternal life to us, and he was manifested to us. And we have seen and heard, and we proclaim to you also, that you also may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write so that our joy may be made complete. So we need to understand is that as we fellowship with the Father through the Word, that's what John is writing about, that they their fellowship and our fellowship is, is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we fellowship with Him through the Word first and foremost. If you're not grounded in the Word of God, you're not grounded. And so every time we we visit the Word of God, we're visiting with the Father, and the Father speaks to our heart. If you want God to speak to you, first spend time in the Word, and then you'll understand and understand the voice of God and understand the Word of God. So today I'm bringing the Word of God to you, and that's really what I want to share with you. We had a great discussion on Friday, uh, Steve and I, about talking about building his church But I thought today would be really good to deep dive a little bit into the scripture regarding 
do we have a right before God? Talking about righteousness. In 2 Corinthians, and I've got the scriptures up in front of you here for those that are on in the Facebook group, um, Kingdom Leadership Equipping, so that you can see uh, clearly what I'm saying. This is all from the Amplified Version of the Bible. Um, in the podcast, of course, you should get out your Bibles and have a look at this or write these scriptures down and go look at them a little later because we need to be established in the Word of God. It's no good you hearing things from me if I am not giving you the word on this. So I want you to go to the word so that you can see it clearly and what it's saying. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says that he made Christ. This is Paul speaking. He said he made Christ who knew no sin. Jesus was sinless. He didn't know sin. He didn't ever sin in his life. So he never embraced it. He, he, he wasn't born into sin because he was born of a virgin. And that's something I'd like to get into sometime is why that happened. But he was born of a virgin. In other words, he didn't have the seed of man in him. The seed of man carries the sin nature. And he so Jesus, as Christ, knew no sin to judicially be so that he could be sin on our behalf. So God... God made Christ who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf. In other words, Jesus who knew no sin suddenly, well, not suddenly, but in the plan of God is made to be sin, not to take sin. You see, we preach in church, we preach that Jesus took our sin, but he didn't take our sin he became our sin. He, he became sin on our behalf. And there's a difference between sin and I'm going to put here in brackets with a big S and sins. Sin is the nature. Sins is the behavior. We try and change sins. God didn't try and change sins. He changed the nature. Sin. Also for another topic. But Christ who knew no sin made uh, God who made God made Christ who knew no sin to be sin. To be sin. On our, on our behalf. Yours and mine. So that in him. In who? In Christ. In Him. We would become the righteousness of God. Glory to God. We would become the righteousness of God. That is, we would be made acceptable to God. Placed in right relationship with Him by His gracious loving kindness. So two things is one, that one we would be made acceptable to him and two, we would be placed in a right relationship with him by his gracious loving kindness. So let's let's put that down as two points that you can see. I want you to see that very clearly, that we would be made acceptable to God. 
God is not rejecting us. We've been made in Christ, in Him. We've been made acceptable to God. And two, we've been placed in a right relationship with Him. We've been placed in a right relationship with Him. We've been reconciled to God, he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We've been set right with God. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 27, he says something beautiful. And I mentioned this in the blog and on uh, Kingdom Leadership Equipping a few weeks ago. But husbands, love your wives, seek the highest good for her, and surround her with a caring, unselfish love. Just as Christ also loved the church. Who is the church? Not the building. The church is you and me. The church is every believer that that follows Christ. And it says, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. So that, look at that. So that, I'm going to highlight these things for you. He might sanctify the church. Sanctify it. So who does the sanctifying? We can't sanctify ourselves. Christ, because he loves us and gave himself up for us, sanctifies us, cleanses us by the washing. So I'm going to, again, just highlight these words for you. He sanctified the church, cleansed her by the washing of water with the word of God. So that's, you can see, that's why. It's so important to spend time in the Word because the the washing that Jesus does is through His Word. And it goes on verse 27 to say, so that in turn, He might present the church, who's that? The church, you and me, to Himself in glorious splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that that she would be, come on, holy. Set apart for God and blameless. Can you see that? And blameless. So that she would be holy and blameless. This is what Christ did. Christ did this for us. He loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify, cleanse, present the church to himself in glorious splendor, without spot or wrinkle, any such thing, but that she would be holy, set apart for God, and blameless. It's important that we see these things. I want to skip that one. I want to go down a little bit down here to show you this, is that righteousness comes by faith, not by works. Pleasing man, crying, pleading, or begging. It doesn't come. Righteousness doesn't come by that. Righteousness is established in God has established righteousness in Christ for us. Jesus did it for us. So there's no works, no pleasing of man or crying, pleading or begging that's going to make you any more righteous than you are if you have accepted Christ by faith. Religion always looks for a formula to make or set yourself right with God. There is no formula. If we had a formula, if they told you you prayed, could if you prayed a certain amount of hours a day, then you would be right with God. You would please God. We would do it. We'd make any sacrifice to try and please God. But it's only a formula. It's religion. 
it does not work. But when we're doing these things, if we're looking for these formulas and we're do, doing works, pleasing God, doing programs, crying, pleading, begging, we're always going to have our I'm not good enough mindness, leaving us weak and feeling unworthy that we cannot approach God. But if we, if we are and were or are righteousness minded, if we are conscious of the fact that we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ, we would not be sick. We would not be held in bondage to want and needs. We would be living independent of circumstances. We would know that we can approach God. Look here. In, in Romans chapter 4, 5, it says, But to the one who does not work, that is the one who does not try to earn his salvation by doing good. We cannot earn anything. We cannot earn a right standing before God. We cannot. And we need to get that clear because that is a mindset that we have. But believes and completely trusts in who? In Christ who justifies the ungodly. His what? His faith. His faith is credited to him as righteousness, right standing with God. We are made righteous by faith, by faith, not, not by any other means. What We put our faith in what God did in Christ for us 2,000 years ago when he made him to be sin with our sin on our behalf so that we can be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Look here, 2 Corinthians let me pop that further down. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17 in the Amplified Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, how do we get in Christ? We grafted in joined to him by faith in him as Savior. It says, if anyone is in Christ, if you're in Christ, you are a new creature, reborn, renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous morals and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Because spiritual awakening brings new life. That is true revival. <laughs> it's being made new in Christ, a new creature. You are a new creature. And that creature is righteous in God's sight. Now, I want to back up again here a little bit. Because I want to show you the mindedness. We can either be sin-minded, unworthy-minded, I cannot approach God-mindedness. But look here what it says. In Colossians chapter 1 and verse 21 and 22, it says, And although you were at one time estranged and alienated and hostile-minded towards God, in your mind you were rebelling against God. He says, you were participating in evil things, yet Christ has now reconciled you to God. I love that word. It means to be put back into right position with God. Your, your relationship to God has been healed. And how has it been healed? In his physical body through death. In order to present you before the Father. Holy and blameless and beyond reproach. Glory to God. He did that for you to present you before the Father. Holy, blameless and beyond reproach. There's nothing that you can do to, to achieve that. To accomplish that. It's by faith that you do that. But in our mind, when we, we were rebelling against him, in our mindset, we were rebellious. We couldn't yet see it. 
But even when we were, even when we were estranged, and that, that is the opposite of reconciled. You see that? Estranged and alienated is, is in fact the opposite of, of reconciled. Uh, let's put that there. Is the opposite of being reconciled, estranged, alienated, hostile-minded, rebellious in our thinking. We were against God. Jesus yet comes anyway and reconciles us in his physical body through death in order to present us. So he's done this so they can present us. You know, this is good news. This is the good news. Is you can go to your family and you can say, listen, you might be away from God. You might be alienated from God. You might be rebellious in your mind, in your mindset towards him, thinking that you're far away and that God is, is your enemy. But I want to tell you today is that he's already put you in right relationship before the Father, that you are holy and blameless and beyond reproach. All you have to do is you just have to come into Christ and become a new creature. You see, we become new creatures in Christ when we accept him as our Lord and our Savior. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 21 to 24 says, If in fact you have really heard him and have been taught by him, that's Christ, just as truth is in Jesus, revealed in his life and personified in him, that regarding your previous way of life, you put off your old self, completely discard your former nature, and that nature was not righteous, which is being corrupted through deceitful desires. And be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind. Have a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude. And then you put on the new self, the new, regenerated, renewed nature, created in God's image, Godlike. Listen to this. He says, you've got to change your thinking because you actually have been, as a new creature in Christ, you are a new self. You have been created in God's image, Godlike in righteousness and holiness of the truth, living in a way that expresses to God your gratitude for your salvation. So now from out of that righteousness and holiness, you actually begin to live a right life. If we began telling people, first off, let me say to you, if you start understanding, I am righteous before God, I have a right relationship with God, God has reconciled me, I've put into, been put into, I'm not alienated, I'm not estranged, I'm not far away, I'm not hostile in my mind, I, God has in Christ put me in right relationship with Him. I'm telling you, you begin to live differently. When you get really established in that, you become totally established in that way of living. Romans chapter 4, 5 says, but to the one who does not work. Uh, gosh, wrong one. <laughs> to the one that does not work. He says that that is the one who does not try to earn his salvation by doing good but believes and completely trusts in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited to him as righteousness and right standing with God. His faith, no other way, but his faith, his faith, 
establishes and is credited to him as righteousness. Right, right standing with God. Not the one who works, not the one who's trying to earn his salvation by doing good. But the one who believes and completely trusts in him. Who justifies the ungodly. That word justify is the same as righteousness. The same word as righteousness. Just as if I'd never sinned. Justify. He justifies the ungodly. When we put our believe and completely trust in him who justifies the ungodly. When you were ungodly, you now became godly. When you accepted him because he justified you. And your faith is credited to you as righteousness. That is right standing with God. Let's highlight that right standing with God. Remember the scripture, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. That new creature is, in fact, righteous before God. Romans chapter 5, 17. You see, it's not what you do. It's not what you've accomplished. It's not what you've been able to uh, achieve. It's what he achieved for you. Righteousness, you know, because you, you can't be righteous because you're not good enough. That's right. I'm not good enough. But he is and he was and he did it for me. And therefore I am right now. Romans 5.17 says, For if by the trespass of the one, death reigns through the one, much more surely will those who receive, listen, those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness, you have to receive it. You have to receive it. You can't earn it. You have to receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness. What happens to you? You reign in your eternal life through the one Jesus Christ. You reign now, not one day. Yeah, listen to these these points here. Because you have right standing before God now in Christ, you have the greater one, the Holy Spirit living in you. 1 John chapter 4, 4, 4 says that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You wouldn't be able to have that if it wasn't because of his righteousness. If you if you got that mindedness every day, if you woke up every day and said, today, I have the greater one living on the inside of me, you would never live defeated again. You would never have another depressed day. You would never have another day of bondage. <laughs> because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The greater one in you has greater ideas, greater um, thoughts, greater abilities, greater uh, strength, greater uh, insights, greater understanding, greater wisdom than any greater, greater business ideas than anybody in the world. Because the greater one lives inside of you. Because of right standing, you have an abundance of grace. That's what it says up here. Abundance of grace. You, have, you reign in life. You reign in life. Glory to God. That means like a, like a king. You rule and you reign. You have dominion. You have victory in this world. 1 John chapter 5. You have dominion and authority over the forces of darkness. Jesus said, they will be subject to you in my name. You will have dominion and authority. You will begin to live out the kingdom of God. 
You see, because this is how we enter, we come, we can live the kingdom of God because of our right standing before God. We have equipment to do the will of God. <laughs> in in um, uh, I'm just trying to think of the scripture right now. I'll get back to you on that. But it it says that he's he's equipped us with every good thing for doing his will. With every good thing for doing his will. Because of right standing before God, we are confident to and bold and have access to the Father. We have fellowship with the Father and the Son and with each other because of righteousness. When you are withdrawing yourself because you feel unworthy, you don't fellowship with the Father. And the whole point of the kingdom to be a son of the kingdom is that you begin to, out of your fellowship with the Father, you begin to live, re reflect and represent your Father in every sphere of life because of your fellowship with him. And you cannot have fellowship with him if you don't believe that you are righteous, that you've been made in right standing and a right relationship with him. Because then you will not confidently and boldly go to the throne of the Father. In Romans chapter 10, verse, verse 5 to 10, he says this, For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on the law, with all its intricate demands, shall live by it. In other words, if you start in the law, you have to live by the law, all of the law. And it was impossible. But the righteousness based on faith, the righteousness based on faith, glory to God, which produces a right relationship with God, says this. This is what the righteousness based on faith says. Do not say in your heart who will send into heaven. That is to bring Christ down. In other words, who's good enough to reach into the heavens to bring a savior down? Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring up Christ from the dead. Who's good enough <laughs> to be saved by our own efforts? Doing the impossible. Nobody, nobody is good enough to be saved by our own efforts. But what does the righteousness based on faith actually say? It says, the word is near you. Remember we spoke about that right in the beginning? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word, the message, the basis of faith that we preach. Because if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, recognizing his power, authority, and majesty as God, as king, that you are in his kingdom, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's how easy it is. That's how easy it is. You cannot earn it. You cannot deserve it. Ephesians chapter 2 tells us that. It says, verse 10, For with the heart a person believes in Christ as Savior, resulting in his justification, that is being righteous, being freed of the guilt of sin and made acceptable to God. I want to tell you today is that if you call on the Lord, if you, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, recognizing his power and authority and majesty as God and King, that you will, it results in your justification today, today, that is, you'll be made righteous, be made and freed 
from the guilt of sin and are made acceptable to God. And with your mouth, you acknowledges and confesses your faith openly, resulting and confirming your salvation. Glory to God. That's how simple it is. Not by what you earn, not by what you do, but because you believe and you confess. Hebrews chapter 5, last scripture, but Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 to 14 says that although by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again, to teach you the very first principles of God's word all over again. You need not, you need milk, not solid food. Anyone who has to drink milk is still a baby. Without experience, look at this, in applying the word of righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, for those whose faculties have been trained by continuous exercise to distinguish good and evil. There's a number of good things in this that, that I love to point out, but we need to understand this is from the, the complete Jewish Bible. He says that we do not have experience when you are still a baby in applying the word of righteousness. We've got to learn to grow. We've got to grow up in our faith, knowing and having a, a real mindset, being conscious of the fact. I, we sit in meetings where people are telling us how bad and how worthy, unworthy, how uh, um, weak, how frail, how unacceptable we are to God. We should not sit through that kind of message because that is just building into you an unworthiness, an unex a, a, a sin consciousness. I'm not good enough. It's telling you that you cannot. It's telling you that you cannot approach God with favor. You cannot approach God confidently and boldly. That God is out there somewhere. And he's beating you with a stick. He's holding it against you, all your past. But the Bible tells us that, that when we are in Christ, we are a new creature. That doesn't mean our, it doesn't mean our minds change or that our bodies change, but our spirit man changes. We become brand new on the inside. A miracle takes place. In an instant, when you, when you apply uh, this scripture here of Romans chapter 5, uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, and you confess and acknowledge Jesus as Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, in that moment, it says you will be saved. It means that you become a new creature in Christ immediately, not one day, not if, you, if you're good enough, immediately, a miracle, the life, the right, the life, ability, the nature, and the righteousness of God immediately comes into your spirit, man, and you are made holy and blameless. <laughs> Glory to God. Without spot and blemish before the Father. Because of not what, of you, what you did, but because of what Jesus did for you on the cross. But we need, like Colossians chapter 1 says, we need a mind uh, to have a, a new mindset. And in Ephesians chapter 4 says, we need to change our minds so that we put him off the old and put him on the new of what we are already. It's, it's that mind shift, that, that attitude change that we have within us, that I'm not bad, I'm not unacceptable, I'm not rejected anymore, but I'm accepted in the beloved. I, ha I am 
I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am saved. I am, I am a new creature in Christ. Old has passed away. All things have become new. Jesus did it all for me. <coughs> Excuse me. If we understood that, we would begin to experience, get the experience in applying the word of righteousness. That's what it's saying. But while we've got this unworthiness, mindedness, we staying babies. We are staying immature all the time. We cannot distinguish between good and evil. When you are, when you have a consciousness of your right standing before God, it's easy to know what is good and what is evil, what is right and what is wrong, what is excellent and what is bad, what is wrong. You know, you know, because of that, of that righteousness within you, because you're in right relationship with God. You know, I, I can be married to my wife. And there are many, many men like this or many women like this as well, is that, you know, they're married to their spouse, but they, they're not building that relationship. They live apart. And so they don't know, they don't, they don't feel that, that, uh, that um, confidence to approach their spouse and, and to actually, you know, be intimate with them and fellowship with them and, and know because, my wife needs to know she's protected by me, that, that I will defend her. She needs to know that I will help her, that I will encourage her, that I will surround her, that I will inspire her, that I won't do harm to her. She needs to know that. But if she doesn't know me, she won't know that. And so she, she won't come and ask from me things that she needs because she'll fear me. She'll feel unworthy. <laughs> it's ridiculous to think like that, but that's what we, that's what we teach in church. And what we're trying to do is get people first to change, to, to get here before we've got there. And, and we can't get there. We want people to grow up in church. We want them to be mature, but we're feeding them the wrong stuff. We're saying if, if when you become good enough, then you, you'll be mature. It's not saying that. It says when we experience and applying the word of righteousness, then we will grow up. Listen, look what it says here again. For although by this time you ought to be teachers or instructors or those that can disciple others or mentor others, you need someone to teach you, instruct you again the first principles of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who has, has to drink milk is still a baby without experience in applying the word of righteousness. But solid food is for the mature. We need to move beyond these things. We need to get a, a sense of I am righteous. I want to say to you young people out there, you know, younger than me, anybody under 50, <laughs> you may be under 60 and still young. That's okay. But I want to say to you is that, you know, this is, you need to settle this in your heart and your life. God is not mad at you. God is not mad, to, mad at you. I spoke to a young lady one day at a camp. And she said, well, I'm an atheist. And I said, why? And so she said, because I don't believe a loving God can, can do what he's doing in this world. And I, I don't believe in God. And I said to her, but that's just wrong thinking. Let me help you here. And in 15 minutes, 10 minutes, I took her from Genesis to Revelations. And I showed her who God really is and why everything is wrong. And I said to her, all it takes is for you to become a new creature in Christ and everything changes. And, uh, and, I, 
and the, 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 the my friend that was or her friend that was sitting next to her said, wouldn't you like to do that? And she said, yes, I would. And within 15 minutes, she had given her life, acknowledged that Jesus is Lord and believed in her heart that God had raised him from the dead. And in that instant, she became righteous. In that instant, she had a right relationship with God. And she could see that God wasn't mad at her, beating her up, that he wasn't condemning her, that he wasn't trying to make her life hard and difficult, and but that he was there to have the right relationship, to give her a right relationship. He had done that in Christ for her. It was there. It's, it's accessible. It's open. It's it's free. Don't I have to do anything? No, you don't have to do anything. Don't I have to earn it? No, you don't have to earn it. No, you don't have to be in a, a specific church at a specific time. Right now, where you are, the relationship is right for you. Jesus did it all. Christ did it. God did it in Christ for you. Second Corinthians. I want to take you back right to the top. Of my notes here. Remember this. That he made Christ to new no sin. To, to judicially. That means not just anyway. But legally. He made him to be sin. On your behalf. So that in him. He would become the righteousness of God. That is. He would be made acceptable to God. And placed in right relationship. By his gracious Loving kindness, man, I'm telling you, it's done. It's done. And when you get that settled in your heart, suddenly you begin to grow up because now you experience, you can begin to become experienced in the teaching or in the word or in the thinking or in the living of righteousness before God. It's, it, you know, it's not a religious word. That's what you need to understand. Righteousness is not a religious word. It's not a theological word. It's a, a legal, practical, experiential word. It means to be in right relationship and to be made acceptable to God. So, you know, that is our message. That's good news. That's what we tell people. In, in his kingdom, I'm telling you, in, in his kingdom, you don't have to earn the right to reign in life. You just have to receive the abundance of his grace and his gift of righteousness. It's a gift to you today. Whether you, whether you are, you know, in church, a believer already or not, because you may be a believer and you're sitting in church and your mindset is still, I'm not good enough. Your mindset still might be, I, I, you know, I, God is mad at me. God is rejecting me. God, I, I, I'm not doing enough. Get that out the way. Get that totally out the way. You are good enough. Not because of what you've done, but because of who he is. And it's a mindset. You've got to change your thinking. You've got to change your thinking so that we do this here in Ephesians chapter 4. So that we be continually renewed in the spirit of your mind, having a fresh, untarnished mental and spiritual attitude. Right? So that you put off the old and put, off, put on the new. Put off the old. Put off your old. And put on the new self. The new, that new creation self 
In other words, begin to live it out. Created in God's image, God-like in righteousness, holiness of the truth, living in a way that expresses to God your gratitude for your salvation. I'm telling you is that he, as you change your thinking about your righteousness, the new self begins to manifest, begins to be lived out. It, it becomes easy. I'm telling you, religion makes it so hard. It's not so hard. It's easy because it's already there. It's already judicially legally done for you. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's the power of God. It's the power of God today. That's what I want to share with you. Hey, I trust that this week is going to be a powerful week for you in growing in intimacy with God, your Father, and with Jesus, the Son, and with each other. A lot of blessings from KLE and from the Kingdom Leadership Equipping Group. Until next time.